Welcome to Dating Log, the podcast that records the ups and downs of dating in your 30s. I'm your host, Lyndon Juno, and this is episode 8, The Tinder Ambassador. I met Tu during my travels last winter in Southeast Asia. She took me around to try local cuisine, drinks, and desserts, and I took her to her first drag show. At that time, we talked a lot about food, history, and traveling, but this time, we talk all about dating. She's well-spoken, funny, and in true dating log style, offers new perspectives and ideas. Super fun fact, she's married to herself. Listen to learn more. Hello, Wyndham and everyone. My name is Tu. I'm 36 years old, and I live in Hanoi, the capital city of Vietnam. Um, I am a straight female until this time. And uh, usually I would use either Tinder or Bumble to uh, meet my dates. And kickoff question, how is dating going for you? Um, Right now I'm having a partner. Uh, I would like to call him my boyfriend, but uh, for his perspective, I, I might be just a lover to him. Um, so, okay, I'm going to call him my boyfriend. So I have one boyfriend and I am looking for another kind of long-term partner as well. When you say you have one boyfriend and you're looking for another partner, uh, why is that that these things are separate? Could the boyfriend become a partner? What Can you explain a bit more? Okay, so um, usually in Vietnam, people will only stay very loyal, like a one-on-one monogamous relationship. Uh, And I have been uh, living like that for such a long time until my last boyfriend cheated me and it was so, uh, I was so badly hurt. Um, And then I came to this uh, guy who is an American and he said that he's, um, he's not into monogamous relationships. Usually, he will have, he will have two people uh, at the same time. It's an open relationship, and um, I was very shocked at this because I had kind of very good feelings for him. Um, and then I thought that you know, okay, so this open relationship guy may be a jerk. But then he's still less of a jerk than my ex-boyfriend because he the ex-boyfriend cheated me. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> After that, I went uh, when I um stayed and I learned to adapt to this open relationship, I began to think that, oh well, actually this is a cool lifestyle. <laughs> and that's what you're doing right now. Um, yeah, well, I have no choice, do I? Uh, do you have a choice? What do you think? Um, so at this phase of life, I am learning to um, live uh, differently. I think it's it's the right time for me to just experience it. And who knows? I mean, I don't know in the future, I might just turn back to a monogamous person or a polygamous. I don't know. What do you mean with this phase of life? Well, I've been through um, things in the past. For example, I have been through a divorce with my 10-year ex-husband, and then I mm, had another relationship which I felt like I could love him unconditionally, Um, but then he still cheated, right? So I think that 
in dating uh, specifically in particular, in dating people would have different lives or different phases of uh, one life. Uh, I I know of a lady, for example, she used to be a straight woman and then she turned into a biosexual and now she's like really into lesbians. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's, and, and she's not coming back to like a straight woman anymore. So it's like phases. And uh, right now I'm exploring with this American boyfriend of mine. And I think it's, it's great because I am very deeply connected to him, but also I could have my own um, freedom to explore other guys as well. Can you define dating for me? Dating for me would be two people meeting and they have some um, in-depth or not very, but like they have some chemistry. Um, usually I could go out with guys for a cafe, for example, but I wouldn't call that dates if I don't have any feeling for them. Okay, let's say you meet someone either on the app or on the street. How do you decide when to go out to a cafe and it's a date or when to go out into a cafe and it's just something casual or friends? I haven't uh, taken any time to think about it. Usually it's just like um, a conversation going. Well, before I got this um, interview with you, I like just a few minutes earlier, I was on Tinder and, and chatting with some guys and some of them really get in my nerve. <laughs> like the way they text, the, the way they use so wrong uh, emoticons. <laughs> I think like, they really get in my nerve and say bye-bye. Um, but, well, I would like people to start with not very cliche questions because my profile, for example, I made it, I put so much effort in my profile about what I want to do and what I don't want to talk about. And sometimes people, they just don't read profiles at all. And for those people, I say bye. Uh, or people who, who really read or dig my profile, for example, they would know how to start like a question that makes me interested. And then the, the, the flow of the conversation just goes very naturally. I don't like people to ask like, where do you live? Like which, which district are you in? What uh, What is your job? How old are you? Uh, or like, what is your size? How, how, how high are you? Like those questions are so boring. And you know, I could just say bye immediately for those people. Sorry, guys, I'm really <laughs> very strict. Do you have, uh, could you share some examples of some like good conversation starting questions that people ask you? Um. Okay, let me go through my Tinder now. Have any, right? Okay, so uh, on my profile, I want to, um, to, in, to invite someone to go to gold digging with me, for example. I'm so interested in gold digging these times or um, gemstone digging. Uh, so if someone ever had any experience of, you know, gemstone digging or archery, you know, they would say it right away and they say, hey, let's go for it. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, so I don't have to ask them like, what are your interests? They do have experience about that. Um, so I like, live actions, I guess, over texting. Or, um, uh, well, I'm, I'm really digging these guys who have artistic souls or they have uh, some experience with um, yoga, meditation, and kirtan singing. 
Um, and dancing. So by looking at their photos and by them looking at my photos, we could have really um, good flow together about what we like. And uh, uh, usually I wouldn't spend like more than a couple of hours talking to them. Um, but if the flow is really exciting, then we just go meet. Or at least if he's not in the city, then we have like a, a video call. Whoa, that's this is something new no one has talked about. How do you decide when to have a video call with someone? Oh, when when we just say we just think that texting doesn't well, we really like each other, right? And we think that texting may not um be um can can may not um expose too much of our feelings or um how do you put this like we really want them I really want him to see my facial expressions as well like just like what we're doing now you see me on zoom and you see my smile I see his smile he sees mine and we kind of you know kind of fall in love for those moments also not texting texting is like we can't imagine and also to look beautiful he has to look handsome because well I'm sorry guys but I just don't have physical chemistries with guys who are not like my type of look <laughs> um when you are talking to people and planning a date what kinds of things are you doing so Vietnamese guys are kind of boring they always invite me to cafes and I'm okay for cafes, actually. But I think that's just like a little cliche and just a little traditional. Um, okay, Vietnamese guys are, I think, the worst dates that there's. I'm sorry, Vietnamese guys. Um, maybe I don't meet like interesting Vietnamese guys, but usually they, on Tinder or Bumble, what Vietnamese guys are going for is sex. So the ones who expose their... Um, goals uh, when chatting then when they say so much about sex they I just un unmatch them right away but some people at the cafe they start navigating the conversation into sex and I am very irritated with them <laughs> um, but for um, some other guys like uh, westerners we well usually we I meet them as I, well, like for other activities as well. For example, we go for a walk. Uh, I go to their place, um, you know, just to see what their life is, how how they're living. Um, I, I can't say that this is a date. Well, maybe it's a date. Okay, so I met this very cool guy who did um, drag queen thing, and he was also a DJ. And I came to his house um, and I just saw, I just watched um, what he was doing, make, putting makeup on his face, you know, things that, like that. So I'm really interested in people who have um, exciting stories or exciting activities and I want to see how they're doing. And also, I sometimes I invite people to my house because I have this beautiful house that I just want to show people. And I think that they might be interested in my life as well. Um, so yeah, I go to their place, they go to my place, we go walking, um, what else? I think so, yeah. That's it. 
Um, can you tell me about a really great date that you've been on? Well, I think the greatest dates would, well, the people, I'm, I'm going to talk about people first. The, the greatest people that I find on um, Bumble and Tinder are usually people who I get to know them, uh, like the authentic and genuine person for some time, even months or even half a year until we become something. Um, so my my current boyfriend is also a great date. We met two years ago when I was having my ex-boyfriend. Um, but then I was, because I was so angry that my, my boyfriend at that time was on Tinder and chatting and meeting people. I was, we were still monogamous. I was still monogamous at that time. But then I saw him doing that and I was like, oh, I have to make a revenge. And then I went on Tinder and met my current boyfriend, right? But then we were just friends and we went to exhibition and we went to, you know, he was into art. So we went to galleries and stuff like that. Um, and that was really good dates if that were those were dates because we we kind of get to know each other in a uh, in a very deep level, but not thinking about like we have to be something like lovers or something. It was just so naive and, and innocent kind of dating. Um, and then my the, the guy, he went back to United States for two years and we we lost contact mm -hmm. until he came back to Vietnam. I saw him again on Bumble and I was like, hey, do you remember me? And then we went out and then uh, at one point he said, I feel that there's something here between us. I don't know what it is, but I really want to, to find out with you. And then we started a relationship like that. <laughs> And this is the guy that you're still in an open relationship with. Yeah, yeah. And well, um, that that was really strange for me. But then I am very thankful to this boyfriend that I'm having because although that he's having, you know, lovers, but he's very mindful to talk to me in a very careful, um, caring way, a loving way. And um I could also tell him all about my concerns and my fears and my negative feelings for this um, this this new path that I went into. And he would um, be there with me. And together, we kind of overcame these emotions of mine. So um, in one way, I think uh, it, it's really great that there's someone who could also share my feelings and be mindful for that for everything that happens around us what um let me think of how to phrase this because you're so you're in an open relationship with him and you're still dating and he's having lovers and dates and you're also having lovers and dates uh -huh. how do you discuss this with each other is it there are there yeah rather how, how do you manage this i guess um, at first, I couldn't manage that in in a good way. I was jealous. I had these, I was texting him kind of, I guess there were some times that I was angry or I was um, revengeful or I 
just I, I don't well I was in really I was confused about what was happening um and he didn't like it and then we had to to sit down and talk I said I was behaving that way because I've I've never feeling I've never felt or in I was never in such a similar relationship and he was saying that I had a double standard because I also went out dating people but then I'm just still jealous and I don't want him to have his lovers <laughs> and I said you know that's that yes that's for 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 you it's a double standard thing but for me it's because i'm just in between these worlds i was a monogamous person and then i had this sense of ownership like any other vietnamese people person would have for their partner they have ownership they have jealousy so i still have that and i'm also walking into your world uh, of you know polygamous things so so I'm both exploring that new world, but not, you know, not not yet um, overcome or, you know, pass through that boundary that I had. So I'm still in between the lines. That's why I'm having double standards. Uh, yeah, and you have to understand that for me, but, but I'm working with you. I'm trying to process it with you. Uh, and the more we talk, the more we sat down and talk, now I'm at the phase of I could be able to talk with him about his lovers like, oh, how was that blowjob that you were having? And your crush, how is she now? Is she accepting this um, open relationship that you're having or is she not? And how are you dealing with it? So I, right now I'm able to ask the, those questions without the feeling of jealousy, but he's also concerned about what I'm feeling. So, so he would tell me some stories and then he would always stop and then ask me, how are you feeling? Are you all right with these? Yeah, so I think that's uh, that is a very new experience for me. What is preventing you two from having this sort of long-term closed relationship, if that's what you're looking for? I'm not sure. Well, I do want uh, some kind of commitment, like, hey, too, I'm I'm your boyfriend, you're my girlfriend. That's. I think he he did have this kind of commitment, but he's. I don't really understand what's in his mind right now. I think relationships are really very vulnerable. I've been through a marriage of ten years. We were so committed. That's why we went into marriage. Um, but then it broke and then I had another love um, and I was so committed to him. It was, I was supporting him with everything I've got and then it broke. And now I'm, I'm getting to this relationship when he says, no, I'm not going to commit to you, but I'm mindful and I'm present with you. And that's what the, that's what important. So I don't know if I'm looking for like a long-term relationship with him, but I'm feeling that, you know, this is the most mindful relationship that we, and also the most um, authentic or genuine relationship that I can, I can talk with him all about my hopes and my fears. And also he could talk about those. So I'm not sure if long-term relationship is needed for this one. And for him, he, he has some kind of, fear about uh, commitment because I think, well, he was born into a family who 
well, his parents separated when he was very young, and then his his life his he was brought up differently than I am. So he's very afraid of getting committed to one person. So he's trying to avoid that by you know having multiple lovers. So that's some mental um, problems that he's having. Um, and I don't want to deal with that right now. So, okay, let's, let's slide over to this like age thing because you're mid late thirties. Mm-hmm. And when you say you're looking for a long-term partner, what are you hoping to find with that? Does that entail, you know, family, careers, friendship, going out? Do you want just the emotional thing? Do you want a sexual, like, what is it that you're looking for at this age? So at my age, I am looking for the deepest or a deeper connection with myself. I um, I have experienced some very bad time in the past 12 years in all kinds of situations, in love or in money, in business, in reputation, um, everything. And uh, and last year, I decided to um, to go on this spiritual journey to heal myself and then eventually I got married to myself in December and after that I went on uh, a self-honeymoon in Bali for two weeks and I I am very dedicated in spending the next this phase this phase of my life to get connected to me in a deeper way and all the relationships that I'm having even like either boyfriends or lovers um, I want them not to interfere with my spiritual journey, but they will, um, I like guys who have their own journey and I have my own journey and we could support, complement each other's um, so that we, if we stay together or we don't stay together, we become better people after that. What a cool journey you're on. And to hear that you're yeah like you're dating and it's great so long as you complement each other and you help each other move forward and you build each other up that is such a unique way of dating and looking for people and the people that you're dating um what is the age range of the people you're looking for I'm looking for people around my age so I'm 35 I'm looking for like 32 to 56, I think. Jumps up a bit higher, then it goes lower. (laughs) Yeah, I really like older guys because they usually they have more knowledge and they have wisdom and they've been through stuff. Uh, So I could learn a lot from them. Do you notice a difference in dating, let's say, a 32-year-old versus a 56-year-old besides knowledge and wisdom? Um... Mm, well, I I think guys in their forties and in their forties for Westerners they are really skillful at sex, and they still have strength. <laughs> That's an excellent observation. <laughs> sex is part of dating. That's true. They are skillful. They know how to make uh, to please a woman, um, and they they are not that weak. When I think they get to fifty something, many guys they like went down. <laughs> so something changes with age. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think about guys, and when and when they're at their thirties, I think they're strong. Um, they have some skills, 
Um, but then I am a sapiosexual. If they they do not have this wisdom that I'm looking for, then then sex is still something that I say, oh yeah, man. <laughs> Can you, for people who might not know, define sapiosexual? What does that mean? Oh, sapiosexual is uh, you feel uh, you're interested in a guy who has wisdom, I think, or he who is uh, who has knowledge or who is smart. So smart conversations, smart information. If you're into that, then you're a sapiosexual. Can you tell me, we talked about the kinds of dates you're having and what kinds of things you're doing and about great dates. Can you tell me about maybe like the worst date you've ever been on? Yeah, I had one. <laughs> um, well, um, he, well, when... Okay, so that was the point after my my marriage. I I got divorced. I got separated from my ex husband, and I began using Tinder because, um, <clears throat> okay, some information about my past. I was uh I was in love with him for two years, and then in the marriage with him for ten years. He was my first boyfriend ever, and he was you know Vietnamese guys. Sometimes, especially guys in the north, they're alpha males. So I never had any any other experience than him. And then after I first one, I, that was the first time I went on Tinder, and then I explored um, the this dating world. That was about that was um, let's say three years ago. Yeah, that was three years ago. Um, and then I started dating all kinds of people. I started having sex with all kinds of people because that was the first time I knew what sex was. My ex-husband, we kind of had sex like twice per year, <laughs> something like that. And and he wasn't really, it was very, very vanilla sex. And he didn't care about me at all. Anyway, so I explored this world of tinder and it was like oh that's what dating is that's what sex is you know that that ex-husband is like a son of a bitch <laughs> and um okay so that's and then i met this guy um and i went to a cafe with him and i was usually i would be so upfront to tell a guy everything about me i don't hide things right and then he looked at me as if I was a very slutty and a, a bitch. Um, he was like, why are you fucking a lot of people like that? Uh, that's a bad thing. You shouldn't do that. Um, that is bad karma. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I think that was the really worst date because people kind of judge me before they really know my, my, my story and my personality and everything that what I've been through. Um, and they and they begin giving advices uh, that they think are good, but it's so not um, relevant to me. So yeah, I, I, those kinds of dates, what which people kind of are really close-minded and they judge people, other people like except um, especially me, then I they hate those the most. Yeah, shit, that's so unfair. Like it, yeah, give you a chance. I mean. Who is someone random to be like, you're doing this wrong? And a guy at that, like <laughs> telling a woman, okay. And they, they take karma out to, to scare you. That's the worst. To follow up on what you just said about, you know, having this phase of dating and having sex and getting to know other people and 
exploring basically how was that for you being you were so you were 32 when that started yeah I started at 32 and now I'm 35 <clears throat> and how um, has that been what have you learned um so at the first phase of tinder I I had a really bad sex crisis and I couldn't um concentrate on any other thing in life other than just sex because that was when I I had some explorations about sex and I was I felt really bad of myself I <clears throat> because I just couldn't control myself uh and then I met my second boyfriend also on tinder he was the first person to tell me that he's not interested in sex. He just wanted to have someone to hang out with in in artistic uh, events, like museums and also galleries. And um, at that time, I he was like a savior of my life at that time because he snapped me out of sex and got me into other interests. So, you know, there are guys like that on Tinder, they are just, so um, into something else uh, and I was grateful with, to that um, and after that uh, after breaking up with him I became more careful in choosing who I date with uh, it seems like I do have other lovers than my boyfriend but I choose them really carefully and I usually take time to 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 be friends with them first and I like guys who have um, who have contents, who have life stories and everything, who are open-minded. Um, and and also there's another platform uh, that I use. I don't think it's like dating, but all but it's like getting to know people. I'd like to include in this uh, conversation with you. That is couchsurfing. So couchsurfing is a platform for it's like a hospitality network. Uh, and from there, I do meet all kinds of people, guys and girls, and some of them um, eventually became my lover, but it's not intended at the first place because I don't use cow stuff for dating. I'm keeping them so separate. But beyond, but because we don't think of 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 that as a as a dating site, so we hang out and we talk just like friends, and then after some time, we we kind of we get really interested in each other, and we and we date. So I've got amazing people on couch surfing uh, to date with me, thanks to that, thanks to us not thinking about dating at the first place. Can you tell me? What do you find the most enjoyable about dating? By dating, from, from dating, I learned a lot. Um, uh, well, it could, well, I could say that we have a very short life. We cannot live like 10 lives of 10 different people. But in meeting people on any kind, any platform there is meeting you guys. Um, and they're open to share their stories and I learn so much and it feels sometimes like I'm living um, their life as well. I, I could live another life uh, thanks to them. And um, uh, from that, I think that I'm more open-minded. I, I am more open to, to the universe, to my universe. And I feel the universe is really abundant to give me those lessons and those people, those wonderful, amazing people that I've met. Um, 
and um, it opens my eyes and my heart as well. That's a really beautiful answer, just kind of on acceptance and appreciation for what is. To take a hard uh, gear shift here, what do you find the most frustrating about dating? Uh, frustrating about dating? Um, guys uh, inviting me to have sex with them before they know who I am. That is really frustrating. And some people in Vietnam uh, also, in dating sites, Mm, they met there are many guys who uh who want to find sugar babies and by sugar babies i think it's a different um um way of understanding about this term in the western and the and in the eastern world so sugar babies in vietnam in vietnamese literally it just means like they're looking for prostitutes uh, and uh, it it's really frustrates me that I don't really want to swipe on Vietnamese guys anymore. Uh, immediately when we say hi to each other, and then they start these boring conversation like, "What are you? What do you do? How old are you? Like, what height? What weight? Your size, body?" Um, and then they ask like, "Okay, I'll meet you, and I give you two million dollar a two million Vietnam dollar per, per meeting. You have to go to a hotel with me." Um, so so. I don't know in other countries, like in your country, but in Vietnam, um, people ask for the price and then they give us a price, just as if girls are uh, like some kind of commodity. So that really frustrates me. Yeah, I I haven't experienced that here. Like, uh, at least in Europe and the US, I know there are specific apps and websites for sugar babies. And it's girls who are on these apps and men who are on these apps with the intention of a cash exchange. But as far as just being approached via Tinder or Bumble, that hasn't happened. I've been sent some pics that I did not ask for. I think that can be expected across all apps, but I've never been offered like cash right up front. <laughs> I want to ask about um some factors that come into play while you're dating so the first one being your friend in social groups are uh, the people that you're hanging out with and spending time with are they dating are they single are they married are their parents like what does that look like and how do you fit into that so I have a group of uh, college friends that we kind of share these stories um so I am a single mom and I have the freedom to date I have another there's a friend of mine who's also a single mom and I um and and at her most desperate time I told her you should go on tinder so I'm well for my friends they they think of me as a tinder ambassador or something I'm just like hooking everyone up to tinder um but then my my friend who's a single mom she eventually went on tinder and then she had her friends with benefits and that really helped her a lot um, I think having a friend with benefit is really a great thing um, sometimes, especially for ladies in Vietnam who, who got divorced, but they still have to spend a lot of time for a child or the children, um, then that would be needed. Um, so yeah, I lured him at her to, to Tinder. <laughs> uh, I have another friend. Uh, so also I, I lured her into Tinder as well. Um, but she, this lady, she's married and she had a very uh, hard life with her husband. And, um, and I told her, maybe you should 
just cheat a little <laughs> and go on Tinder, date someone. And she did it. And she had this fling with a, a Malaysian guy. And then her husband found out. But that was the time. But this really, this is a cool story as well. So, so by finding out that she is using, she was using Tinder, her husband um, had a really hard time thinking about all the things that he had done wrong in this marriage that lead to this incident. And then they sat down together and they said, okay, so that's what happened, right? I am sorry. He said, I'm sorry for everything. And now let's just, you know, rebuild it. And then they, they did rebuild it and they're having a, and then they had a, a second son. So yeah, I think that for that particular case, Tinder and the fling really helped the marriage. She was thankful to me that I lured her into Tinder. Yeah, I guess that it could be a relationship saver. Maybe they can use that as like a side tagline. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, who knows? That's for some people, that is the end of relationship. But I think at the end, sometimes it's mean, it also means a new beginning. And for this particular couple, it wasn't the end, but it was also a new beginning already. So it's okay. In Vietnam and Vietnamese culture, is cheating something that happens or how yeah like okay so in the u.s for example a lot of people cheat and a lot of people get divorced whereas like in europe there are apps now and you even see see it on tinder and bumble there are a lot of couples on these apps as profiles how is that in vietnam usually in vietnam cheating is um pretty popular i think uh I'm sorry about this. I feel so bad when I say this. Usually I don't, I hate cheating myself. I don't want to um, just lie to someone. I, I'd rather be honest with them about what's going on. Um, but in Vietnam, there's this social uh, perspective on being a couple is you have to be monogamous and you have to stay loyal. And that's, I think that's basically um, also happening everywhere in Eastern, especially in Eastern countries. But um, many people deep down inside, they feel that this is a very close relationship that they want to just explode. Because when people are together for so long time, they crave for something new, but then they have to stay loyal because of social norms. So um, so that's why they cheat. They go on Tinder. They say, I am married, but I am looking for a sugar baby. I'm, I'm willing to pay money. Um, and uh, I think there are a lot of guys nowadays in Vietnam who, who understand deeply that they don't want to get a divorce, but they, they are so, um, uh, they feel the need, they crave for it, something new. And they want to, they're willing to pay for that new thing just to, to, so they don't have to be any, they, they don't have to pay any other kind of responsibility to the girl. And then they could just say goodbye to that girl if they, they are tired of them or they want something newer. But they never talk to their women, or their, to, to their wives about what's going on. And um, I, I met one guy two days ago. He's like that, but I'm into him just as a person because what he's doing, uh, his business that I'm interested. But he's very open to me about that topic as well. Um, so he 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 cares about his wife and his uh, children, 
and he wants to come home feeling new and feeling refreshed and feeling not pressured because he had this very uh, stressful business already. Um, and he has to find an outlet just to um, to express all those things out. So he wanted someone to talk to. He, want, he really wanted to have someone like a healer to talk to. And he went online, uh, both finding sugar babies to have sex with and both finding people to talk to. Uh, so um, um, I think he, well, for most of the Tinder guys, the Vietnamese Tinder guys that I met, he is, he, he, all, he cheats, but he's like cheating in a responsible way. Anyway, but I, I still prefer <laughs> open relationships to those cheating relationships. Yeah, yeah. When you're open, at least you're being honest about it and upfront about it. You're not hiding the fact that you're also interested in and developing relationships with other people. Swinging over to like some of this growth while dating, let's say emotional growth, mental growth. What are some things that you've learned about yourself well, through dating these last few years? Oh, I think dating life turned me into a wonderful lady as I am now. Um, before dating, I only dated one first boyfriend and I became his wife and I never knew that I was that beautiful. He never gave me any compliments about my physical, like my body or or how smart I was and everything like that. But then like the more I date people, the more I know that they these people really appreciate something in me. And um and it reflects onto me. And um and I also think look, eventually I, I knew of my um weak points and also my strengths. I work to to improve myself because usually I really I am very I am a um ambitious person in life development. Um, so I'm thankful to this open relationship I'm having because even though I have a boyfriend, but I still meet other people and I could um, improve myself from each date. So one after another, um, even for, for lovers, for example, before this, I try to find um, expats because I don't want to, you know, have... Um, loving relationship with people to travel into the country but then I didn't have a lot of standards but the more I date the more standards and the more uh, careful I am in choosing them yeah I think I would agree with you there the more I date the more I say okay well I know I like this I know I don't like that and in some way the field gets narrower but in some way, it also feels good to know I am worth this time. I'm worth this attention. I know these are the people that work for me and these ones maybe don't. And that's okay. That's also okay. Um, when is your next date? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow afternoon. I'm pretty active, I think. Uh, what are you going to do on this date and who is it with? Okay, so... Um... Well, I went on a date with him once last October. He's an Australian guy and uh, he has something that I'm really interested in. So he's into music and he hosts different musical events. And I went out with him once. That was the time that I was looking for uh, like a boyfriend. 
And eventually I got my current boyfriend. So, but recently we uh, talked again and I tomorrow I'll take him to my uh, family museum um, because he's really interested in culture and history of Vietnam. So I'm just gonna tell that. And we will go to his place because he has this um, called the social club that he hosts a lot of things and, and he has different uh, food and, and drinks that he newly created. He, he's just recently got this menu that he really wants me to try. Well, he he's really an interesting guy. I'm really interested, really curious. He lived in a place where he could look out the window and see a lot of guys, men, um, playing badminton and swimming naked. So it's like a sausage dance that I want to visit. Yeah, I'm really interested to go to, to his house next time. That sounds exciting and something new and different. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of guys, 10 guys being naked. Isn't that cool? Hey. Um, do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you could offer people on dating? I encourage everyone to um, to date and the more you date, the wiser you get, but also be mindful and protect yourself. Well, I think this is really an old saying, but just be genuine, be authentic and, and care for the other person as well. And that's the, um, the most interest, uh, the most important thing to get uh, to achieve um, cool relationships, whatever kind of relationship that is. Dating Log is recorded and hosted by me, Wyndon Juno. It is produced by Harry Dark. Our artwork is in collaboration with Esme Hemming Studio. You can follow us on Instagram at datinglogpodcast. Our website is datinglogpodcast.com. Check it out. We've just updated it. If you'd like to send us a message, you can slide into our Instagram DMs or send us an email at datinglogpodcast at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying the episode so far, leave a review and tell a friend. We'll see you in a fortnight. Please don't ghost us.